Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you today here in our studio. I'm with Dr. Daryl Rogers, one of my great friends. Amen. And we have an amazing program. Amen. For you today. Amen. And I pray that you've been enjoying this time that we have. If you weren't able to watch the last episode, I encourage you go back and get that. There's some master keys. Amen. That were presented to help you. Amen. To fulfill the purpose of God for your life. There's a work that God wants to accomplish through you. And uh, we give you some insight on how to make that happen. And today we're going to be building on that. Amen. Um, but before we do, I just want to say this. If you've been enjoying Kingdom Concepts, we would love for you to hit that like button. Amen. And also subscribe. Amen. To this channel every Monday. We produce a new episode, make it available, and we want to be able to shoot that right to you. You'll be one of the first people to receive it because we want to be a blessing to you. We want to make strong investments to help you, amen, become everything that God wants you to be so you can fulfill everything that God wants you to do. So uh, be mindful of that, amen? Grab your Bible, grab a notebook. Um, we're going to jump into uh, this message today, amen. We've been talking about free will and how it has an effect on what we do for God. So today we're going to be talking about the work that we do for the Lord. Um, because I think when it comes to uh, the work of the Lord, I think a lot of times people isolate that down to just what you do in the local church, to where really what we do in the local church is preparing us for what we do in the world. And thank God for in-house ministry, but really we're, we're being prepared so that we can be sent into the harvest field and do the work. Right, Doc? Yeah. Um, when it comes to uh, people's free will and when it comes to the work of the ministry, I mean, you've been pastoring for a long time uh, and you've been in ministry for a long time. I, I want us today to kind of break down the how far the pendulum can swing when it comes to, you have some folks that their will is to do nothing, uh, nothing for God. They're just there to take everything God will give them. And, and then you have some that they have the same attitude, but it's like they're doing stuff for God, but they're not doing anything with God. It's like they like the, they, they like the ministry, but they don't want the relationship. And you have others that want the relationship, but they don't want the work or the ministry. So um, when it comes to this, I'm just going to shoot a couple of scriptures uh, at them and, and I'm going to turn this over to you. You know, um, for us as believers, uh, there's more to be done than us just believing in Jesus Christ. God's called us to do a work for him. And James chapter 2, verse 20 says, But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? So there's supposed to be works that accompany our belief in Jesus. And then in James chapter 2, verse 26, it says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Because when you have faith, faith's going to provoke you to work. Uh, and then James 2.17 says this, Even so, faith, if it have not works, is dead being alone. How important is it for our faith and what we do uh, with our faith? How important is, is it for that faith uh, to be involved with what we do for God? I know it's a lot. <laughs> well, how? How can you be a Christian without faith? Yeah. Because you got to believe that he is, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And you got to believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Diligently. So the, the attack that comes from the enemy is over 
If it's not working like it should be working, are you diligent enough? Well, you can't get into works, mm -hmm. but it, there is work involved. Mm -hmm. It's discipline. It's, it's diligence over your pursuit of the things of God. Now, that's a decision that you make. So there are some people that have Bible college degrees and they love wearing that degree. Mm. But if you talk to them personally, they have no relationship with Jesus, <laughs> man. You know, and, uh, matter of fact, I, you know, because uh, Zoe's getting ready to go to the Vanguard, Bible college yeah. that I went to, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I, I told her then, you know, I said, there was a lot of people that came to the chapel that I didn't even go to chapel services unless I knew that the guy was anointed. Mm. And so the thing of it is, is that you can get so full of head knowledge that, and you even do some of the works of the ministry, mm -hmm. but you are not involved intimately with God. There has to be a glory that is on us, mm -hmm. an identity that's in us, that's on us, that people, you shouldn't have to tell people that you're a Christian. They should know. You should change the atmosphere because you are in right relationship with Jesus. I, I agree. I, I agree because you have so many folks to where it, it's like the love that we have for God is the thing that separates us from everybody else. And that love is going to provoke you to do something for God. And, uh, and, and I know for myself, it's like I, I don't care who I run into. You're going to know real quick that I'm a believer. Uh, I remember one time uh, I was on a, a business trip and uh, I was flying from Los Angeles to, um, to Phoenix. And I remember um, I'm sitting on this, this, this plane and the person next to me, you know, uh, I'm, I'm letting them know I'm a believer. And, uh, and so we begin to talk. I come to find out that this is a city council woman for, um, for, uh, for Reno. And, uh, and so she's on the plane going to some business meeting and, and we're talking and I, and I mentioned about being a believer and she goes, oh, I, I, don't, I don't believe in Jesus. And I said, that's fine. I said, he still believes in you. I said, but you know, that's fine. You know, I said, I do. I said, I love him. I said, he, he's, he's been the greatest for me. Well, we're, we're flying a little bit and the plane hit this crazy turbulence. I'm talking about the plane was like dropping like 10 feet, you know, and just jerking, and then this woman starts shouting, Jesus, Jesus, and I turned to her and I said, I thought you said you don't believe in him. <laughs> and I remember her asking me, she goes, why are you so calm? I said, lady, I said, I'm on a mission for God. I said, I, I have a place I'm going to do ministry for the Lord. I said, I can guarantee you, I said, this plane, regardless of what it experiences, it will land, we're gonna be all right. I said, but I can't guarantee you what's gonna happen on your next plane. <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's, it's moments like that, you know, kind of funny moment. But it's moments like that to where it really does show people, you know, where you stand with God. And, and I think that when it comes to, you know, our will the, between the relationship and the work, the dangerous thing, uh, you know, like you were mentioning going to Bible college but not having no relationship with God. I mean, isn't this the kind of thing that sets you up? When, when you're doing something for God or in the name of the Lord, but there's no relationship, isn't that really when people start becoming, uh, 
what the Bible refers to as a hireling? Yeah. You know, Jesus says that in that scripture that you're going to read here in a minute, but he just says this. You've done all of this stuff, and I never knew you. I mean, man, you know, I, I, I've even known people in ministry that have, they, they even said while they were in deep sin, you know, that more miracles happened and they were there in deep sin and all that kind of stuff. And you're just going, that's in scripture because mm. you could do the miracles, but you don't, God doesn't even know you, man. Isn't you know, crazy. And and so the thing of it is, is that I, I look at our I, at church mm-hmm. at church, and you know I, you know I love the Lord, man. I don't have to prove that to anybody. Amen. But you know the thing of it is, is that there's a lot of people that need the approval of people, so they will go down, so that you can they can be seen by you, or your wife or the staff. Mm-hmm. Because they want to prove their spirituality. You don't have to prove your spirituality. It should you should wear it like a like a cloak. Yeah, come on. You know, because it's it's you. It's it's the presence of God. I'll never forget this, you know. My wife and I, we we got to hang out with Oral Roberts oh, a couple of times and, and with T.L. Osborne. I'll never forget this. If you if you could identify with the fact that T.O. Osborne, you couldn't, I couldn't keep my hands off of that guy because he was, it was like Jesus was there. Mm. The love, the, and, and, and he, he said something that was so interesting. So one of the ladies said to him, uh, the pastor of the Rock Church in mm. San Bernardino. Oh, yeah, yeah. Said, uh, Dr. Osborne said, you know, had so many miracles in your ministry and said, what are some of the greatest miracles that you've ever experienced? And I kid you not, he's sitting at a table, so he's sitting over there, you know, and he puts his head down and he goes like this. And he looks up at us and he goes, folks, listen, he said, I'm sure that some of you are so enamored with the fact that, you know, I'm here. Mm-hmm. He said, but I feel the same way about being with you. Mm-hmm. He said, because it's not a different spirit. It's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Come on. He said, I don't know anything about miracles. He said, I know this, that if you preach the word, the word does the work. Come on. Come on. Now, such humility, but that yeah. had to do with longevity mm-hmm. in relationship. You could not question the love of God that was on that guy's life. Yeah. And love's what makes everything it work. Is, I man. mean, anything done for the love of God will always be empowered <laughs> by God. And I and I think that when it, it and, and that's the thing that causes us to want to do good works because faith works by love. It's like uh, you know, our, our our love, amen, energizes our it, it's our belief system that's energized by that love to where you have to, you you require yourself to do something for God because you love him it's just like my my wife i love her and you know what my love requires of me that i do things to be a blessing to her and she's the same way with me and and i think that when it comes to um you know what we do for God um you know the 
the far side of the coin sometimes is some people think, well, if I do more things for God, he'll love me more. And it's like he already loves you for everything that you are right now. Um, so doing things is not going to earn you into a greater position with him. Um, but it's, it's understanding that because I do love him, I'm going to do something for him. You know, it's my honor. It's it's a blessing. It's it's a get to, not a have to. And and I think it's amazing when when you when you come to that place where you realize it's not just about what I do. Because if it's about what you do, you're going to measure it with other people. And I love what you shared with Doctor, uh, you know, uh, Roberts. Is that you know he understood we're 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 all in this thing together, and and what I do is no different than what you do. And I, and I think that's an important mindset to have because I think sometimes people discount themselves because they don't see uh, the results that maybe someone that they admire is getting. And they think less of themselves. Or how many times have we known pastors who maybe they don't have you know a, a, a church with, with hundreds or, or thousands, but man, they've got a church full of people that are faithful and they're faithfully shepherding that church. How many times have they felt or been made to feel like it's not significant because uh, it's it's numerically it's not it it doesn't it, it doesn't compare because it doesn't have the same uh, numbers. You know, the, as some the other saddest place. part of the saddest part of that statement, though, it's true though, right? Yeah, is because pastors identify with success, which is put on them by people. Mm-hmm. Because how many times have we heard people pastoring megachurches, mm -hmm. and they say this, even people that we love and respect, and mm -hmm. they say this, that if your church is not blowing the doors off, that you need to check and make sure that you're really called. Yeah, so sad. I, I like what Mark Barkley said, you know, when he said he drove by this big church there in his city, and you know, they were blowing the doors off. And he goes, God, I just can't understand this. You know, why you're blessing them? And he says, who says I'm blessing them? Yeah. Numbers don't mean nothing. A, a graveyard can have a few people or it can have a lot of people. Well, when you think about this, the mega churches and still the average size search is under 100. Yeah. And so the thing of it is, is they think about all of the pastors. And I, say, I said this to the guy that was the... the Dennis Burke. Mm -hmm. I said this to him because he wanted to know why I wasn't an ICFM. And so I told him, I said, you know, I, I, Dennis, you know, it's it's hard for me to just keep going with a small church because I begin to question myself. Yeah. And I said, the last thing I need to do is to go to have some mega guy get up there and tell me that if, if I'm not blowing the doors off, that, you know, I miss God, you know. And so I said, why would I... And so I said, I said this to him, if you can imagine yeah, this, you know, he's I mean. such a good guy. Yeah, he is. But I said this, how many people have you had minister at your conventions that have pastored a church of a hundred or 200 people? And he goes, Hmm, I never thought of that. I go, that's the problem. Yeah. Right there. Mm -hmm. Cause I said the most, that, uh, the percentage of pastors that you have Doing the hard work of ministry because yeah. they're doing everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're wearing they're more doing than everything. one hat. Yeah. Yes. And I said, they need encouragement. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you're saying that to be connected to this organization is encouragement? 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and that, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that the light came on, you know, when you shared that, you know, but it, it, it it's uh, because there, you, you see that played out. And that, that's one of the things I loved about like David, King David, you know, when when he was out there, when the Ark of the Covenant was right. being returned and he's out there, man, he takes off that kingly robe and he's just out there dancing with everybody. And his wife got upset, but because she had that view, you know. She yeah. was looking at position versus what he was doing. And David understood, hey, we're all positionally equal. With him taking off that robe was him showing everybody, I'm a worshiper just like you're a worshiper. My relationship with God is just as important as your relationship with God and vice versa. You know, what we do is functionally different. But us being who we are, children of God, amen, it's, it's equally important. And it's out of that that things are accomplished for him. And, and, and every one of us, the Bible says, is placed where God wants us to be. And we all accomplish something. Sometimes there are places where there's a handful of people. But, man, those handful of people matter to God. And, and I think one of the things that really helped me understand this young in ministry was I remember being in a, a, a meeting. And I remember this gentleman was sharing about that 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 same situation like you had mentioned because it is very common you know where people are i mean what's the first question most people ask you when you go to minister conference church exactly then you have to say nothing we knew it because that's the, what, what they do and then the next thing is you're gonna get a business card <laughs> yeah because right. then they want to come to your church and minister <laughs> but uh oh, lord help me go back where i was <laughs> going sorry, with this god. no 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 in in uh uh Oh, God, man, where was I going with that, man? I just, I got caught up in that moment. Um, but this is what he told me. Thank you, Lord. He said, you know, what would you do going to a church? Let's say, you know, he goes, where there's six people. He says, you know, it, it, would you consider it something less, you know, to do the work there? Would you consider it less because it's six people? But then he said this. Those six people are important. He said, what if it was six world leaders? Yeah. It was only six, but it's the leader of America, China, Russia, Europe. He says the dynamics change when you recognize the worth of each one of them. And I think that's where sometimes we miss it or we've been taught to miss it, kind of like what you said, because usually that thinking is handed down to us. Um, but I mean, that really just set something off inside of me to where I realized then, God, you know what? I'll treat every person, Lord, that you ever bring in front of me, Lord. I'll treat them like they are the most important person on the planet. And I have ministered in churches where there was a handful. I remember one time I ministered at one church uh, in Banning, California, for a friend of mine. He was doing a great work, been there for years, great man and a great woman of God, you know, this powerhouse couple. And I remember Eliana was with me. We went. There were six people at church that day. And f four of them were me and my wife and him and his wife and two people. And you know what? God moved in that place. He moved on the lives of those two people that were there that we ministered to. And this is what's kind of interesting is that that being in that place that God had chose, again, surrendering that will and, and doing the work because it's, it's what love does, being in that position, that little church, uh, the offering they gave me was phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal. 
And what really enhanced it for me, because I, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting anything. I, wouldn't, I didn't go there for that. But what made it phenomenal for me was that my, my pastor at that time had ministered at a church in Imperial Valley that was like the biggest church in our district in that area. And that little church of six people gave more than this church that had like seven, eight hundred. And, and I'm like, it, 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 you know, again, it was just another one of those things that God shown me how important one person is to God, you know. And when it comes to the work of the Lord, it's like when you love God, you're going to do whatever he wants. You're going to go wherever he wants. Uh, man. Let, I, let me say one thing. Say something. I've always thought this. What would it have been like if you were Kenneth Copeland, the Sunday school teacher? Because he still talks about Come him. on. What about the guy that led Billy Graham to the Lord? Mm -hmm. So you don't know the people that you're ministering to. The thing of it is, is that pride enters into ministry, and you got to be so careful of this, because truthfully... You're supposed to sow your life into the people that you minister to, mm. and you don't know whether they're going to be more successful. You hope that they be more successful than you. Yes. Isn't that the way you feel about your kids? Yes, absolutely. Well, isn't that the way God feels about his kids? Amen. He wants, he's imparted this spirit into us, and what he wants is he wants you to live out your destiny, mm. but it's your choice. I'll never forget this. You know, my my uh, sons, which I'm going to see tomorrow. Oh, amen. And so uh, my sons, you know, they were swimmers. They were champion swimmers. And so I would go, you know, I I had a job that I could go to their swim meets and stuff like that, you know. And so, you know, Darren, the youngest one, got sick. And he started losing weight at 13 years old. He started losing weight, using his, losing his body mass and stuff, you know, his muscle mass. And so we took him to doctors, and he went through all the examinations, and they couldn't find anything wrong with him. And so we came home after the doctor visit and sat down on the side of his bed. You know, he's laying down. I'm sitting on the edge. And I said, Darren, obviously the devil's trying to kill you. Yeah. So I said, we're going to do what we do. And I said, we're going to pray right now, and we're going to take authority over the devil, and then you're going to get up in the morning, and I'm going with you, and you're going to swim practice in the morning. He said, Dad, I can't even, I can't even do anything without throwing up. Mm. And I said, that's okay, because we're going to go. Amen. And we're going to beat this devil. Did you know that by the end of the year, he got second in the championships? <laughs> Amen. Because the thing of it is, is that's what we're raised up to do. So if you're facing hard things in your life, mm. man, you know, turn it on. Yeah. Get tough. Yes. Amen. And, amen. Trust God and then do something. Yeah. Do something with the things that you've been taught. Yeah. That one thing about West Coast is that they teach the word, man. Amen. And that's the thing that you got to hold on to, that no matter what you feel like, your will is to pursue the heart of God. Amen. Let God know you and that you people, the people around you know that you know God. Yeah. Cause because you're going you're to accomplish good works. You are. When you, when, when you allow that relationship to take center stage, 
it's going to provoke you to good works. You know, and and it's like we said, it's it's, it's not about works for us to boast to where, let's shoot you a scripture real quick because this is uh, Ephesians chapter 2. And let's read verse 8 through 10. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. I want to leave you with a thought here before we close today. Go ahead and read that, Doc. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Come on, come on. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. What does this mean? It means that the master plan was already set in motion. And when you get saved, man, you're in, you're on the pathway. Yeah. But you have to pursue mm. with all of your heart. You got to mm. believe it. You got to know it beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has called you to do this. Mm. That's what sustains you. Mm. When people get weak and they start flaking off, mm -hmm. it's because they don't know what they're called no. to do. Yeah, I think you get some people that they want the attention, and when they don't get the attention, uh, it's just works. Us, we as long as God gets the glory, we'll do whatever He wants. You know, um, I I just you know what what a what a great time. I just I'm like Lord, I'm looking at these things, going, man, God, you've blessed us so much, and uh, I, I just. I can't tell you enough how important it is, amen, for you to allow what God has begun in you, amen, to make it available to the Lord, amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2, it says, present yourselves to God as living sacrifices. I'm telling you, offer your life to God, offer your will to Him, and watch amen. and see the good works amen. that will be produced and fulfilled through you, because as, as Dr. Rogers said, the path's already been made, amen, and God wants you to be able to run down it and experience all the goodness that comes with it, amen. God bless you. I pray that you enjoyed uh, this time that we've had with each other. If you have, like it and share it with somebody, amen, we look forward to being with you again here on Kingdom Concepts.